Soul-seeners! What's up? It's Jim. Just want to give you guys a final heads up, or perhaps a last call, if you will. Make sure you submit all of your movie ideas that you want us to cover for hashtag pool 100 episode 9 your viewers choice episode this is the final week for submissions make sure you give it to us all now because we will put up a live video spinning the wheel and making the deal once again thank you pool seniors out there this is your last call for submissions for your hashtag pool 100 viewers choice episode now on to episode number seven it's time for grind wake up and smell the desperation we are not desperate we are happy to be here i could have also opened with Sweet Lou cleans no man's poop, but I don't really have any sort of segue with that one. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I am Kiz Evan with my co-host Jizim. Oh boy, that <laughs> wait a minute, that didn't work. <laughs> now I'm a Jizim. Uh, we're, we're Kevin and Jim. Jim, how are you? I'm super duper, and I'm ready to grind. Okay, uh, this that is, was horrible. Yes. I apologize again. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. This week we are kick flipping through. 2003's Grind, directed by Casey LaScala, hasn't done much much else uh, more than this, and described as Blue Crush meets Road Trip with skateboards. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, I can see that. And much like that mess of a description, we have three messy taglines for this movie. This summer, the underdogs have their day. But do they? I guess. Yeah, I'm kind of like a what? That's the best they could do. Yeah. The other two, live fast, play hard, die laughing. Too bad. It was, <laughs> live, live fast, laugh. die hard. Ugh. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. Fast. I, yeah, Bruce Willis could have been in this movie. Go big or go home, which is this laziest the damn. most generic possible thing. In case you were going to need three taglines. I don't know. F- fuck off. Fuck off, Steve. Fuck go off. big or go home. Fuck off, fuck Steve. Fuck off. That's it. Fuck off, Steve. I remember 2003 quite well. It's kind of, I feel a little bad like that this was 17 years ago because I remember this time so well. These are my drinking days. Yeah, this is like 2003. I mean, I, I remember exactly what and when I was doing and everything, and it doesn't seem like it was 17 years ago. That's super sad. But Jim, could you please drop in, you like that, yep. and give us the budget, the box office, and tell us how we were living in 2003. All right, everybody, I'm about ready to do the 720 Benihana into your hearts grind. Had a budget of six million, and you can totally see why, because there's really not any set dressing. It's like all soundtrack. It's all soundtrack, so odds are five million of that was the damn soundtrack. And oddly enough, it only made five million at the box office, so this was a bomb, a complete box office bomb. Speaking of which, not a bomb, but the blackout, the infamous blackout of 2003 occurred on August of 14th, remember when the East Coast completely went dark? The big New York blackout. Everybody remembers that. Somber note, the Columbia Accident Investigation Board released its final report on the Space Shuttle Columbia disaster. Another one of those events that nobody will ever forget. Kevin's favorite soccer player, Cristiano Ronaldo, at 18, made his debut for Manchester United and the Premier League in a 4-0 home victory over Kevin's second favorite, 
English Premier League team, the Bolton Wanderers. Love Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, I know. You also look... No uh, Blackburn Rovers, though. No, they're no Fulham FC or Charlton Athletic in League Two. The number one song in America, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Crazy in Love. Great song for the time. It's amazing. Like, this movie is such a time capsule. It is literally just 2003 wrapped into one. And you look at the charts. It was basically this and 50 Cent every other song was the Well, that's how, song. I believe that's how Jay-Z and Beyonce really hit it off. And Yeah, it was that song. Other and, than that that tangent with Becky with the good hair, with Jay-Z cheating on Beyonce. Other than that, you know, love story, happily ever after, Blue Ivy and, and, they're and all power, that. They are the power couple. And the number one movie in America was... I hate to say this because I'm quite embarrassed by it. This is where I found Jane's Addiction for the first time. SWAT was the number one movie in America. I don't know what SWAT is. It was a play off the original 70s TV series. I'm trying to remember who was in SWAT. Who was in the movie SWAT? That's what I'm trying to remember. I'm going to have to look it up real quick. What was going on in August of 2003? Now, this movie... I feel like it should be great because it it tapped into everything that was happening in 2003. Like you said, a time capsule. I, it, it just... Oh, Jesus. Who is, who's That's in? who was in SWAT. Samuel L. Jackson, Colin Farrell, Michelle Rodriguez, and uh, LL Cool J. Jeremy Renner, too. Wow, that's pretty big. So there we go, yeah. Yeah, I, I know nothing about that movie. But Grind, I do know a little bit about because I probably watched it 50 times. And like I said, it it's weird because it kind of should be great. It's got a decent, or at least a cult hit, like a bigger cult hit. It's got a decent cast. It is very dated. It's got tons of skateboarder and celebrity cameos. It's got tributes to both Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which we will cover. Yes, we will. And Dazed and Confused, which we have already covered. Please refer to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But maybe the best part of this movie, not to spoil our legacy section, is that it introduced the U.S., to Swedish Christian band Blindside. Wait a minute. They are a Swedish Christian yeah, band? Yeah, Swedish Christian band. You know, yeah. that was a thing. Many of the lines in this movie are improvised. Ultimately, this movie, I think, tried to piggyback on the success of the Tony Hawk video games. The whole thing plays out like a Tony Hawk video game Jackass. story mode. And it has a good soundtrack. It does have a bunch of cameos from Jackass personalities. Well, you decide for yourself whether this one's good or whether it should have been better received. Here is the plot for Grind. Eric Rivers, along with his best friends Dustin and Matt, want to be pro skateboarders, getting paid to do something they love. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make you a deal, Greg. You flow me one of these decks. But for free? Yeah, for free, exactly. And in exchange, I'll skate it. I'll tell everybody where I got it. You can sponsor me. (laughs) All right, dude. Which one do you want? For real? (laughs) All right. Um, how about we go with one of those elements, like Bam got? Dude, for you, I can go that board 140. They've just graduated, and while all of the seniors are going off to college, Eric's parents give him an ultimatum that if he doesn't go to college, he has to work at his dad's hardware store. Good to see you too, Pops. Hey, we need to talk about your future, huh? Yeah, you know, I'd love to, but we're <laughs> oh, actually... Listen, remember our deal. Dad, I... Nah, don't dad me. We had a deal. You're either in school, or you're down at Rivers Hardware working next to your old man, huh? Sniff a little of that lacquer while you're All mixing right. the paint, huh? Yeah. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> Obvious yeah. perks there. Come on. Yeah. It's a good living. It's oh, a good future. Man. But Eric, Dustin, and Matt decide to take a summer road trip to try and get their collective feet in the door of pro skateboarding. A skateboarding legend named Jimmy Wilson brings his demo tour to their town, and they're convinced that Jimmy will get them signed after seeing them skate. Sponsor me. 
Two very popular words. How did Jimmy have time to watch all those? Well, you know, he's worked out this technique where he doesn't watch any of them. It's working out really well for him. After this plan fails, they decide to try again by starting their own skate team, Super Duper, and follow Jimmy's tour. In order to get a van to travel in, Super Duper recruit Sweet Lou Singer, who's the Wooderson Matthew McConaughey yeah. from Days and Confused. I'll get this out of the way. Lou fucks. Dude just fucks. Dude, he's awesome. That's all he does the whole movie. He all, does nothing and fucks. All he needs is like a head nod and like a wanna-go type line. You wanna make out? Yeah. And that's all Lou needs. So Team Super Duper get in Lou's van, and the first stop is Kansas. This is where we first meet the... How do you refer to these guys? Thugs? Gangsta? Well, like, they say what they are in the movie, but we will not repeat yeah. what was used in the movie. Yes. But think uh, white dudes, cultural appropriation, South Pole, head to toe, Carl Kanai, Mark Echo, Echo. Yeah, that type of... That type of think... Jamie Kennedy and Malibu's Most Wanted. Bingo. That's it. They're important characters in the movie, but are only listed as rival skaters one, two, and three. And there's four of them, but only listed as one, two, and three. So four didn't even count. One, two, and three didn't count enough to get a name, and four didn't even get identified anyway. Anyway, Super Duper runs into these rival skaters at every stop throughout the movie. Also along the way, Eric meets Jamie, who is a girl pro skater, and they hit it off a bit. Right after Eric defends her from Bam Margera, he doesn't know that his team stumbles into what will be their most important move. They sneak onto Jimmy's bus. Well, I should say his friends. Eric's off with Jamie and the rest of his team minus Lou. Sneak onto Jimmy's bus, take a shit on it, and then they put their tape into his Canon GL1 camera so that it's queued up to play when he turns on the TV. Due to Jamie, the team finds out that there's a pro jam in Santa Monica. Um, so listen, are you guys going up to Santa Monica? No, we weren't going to. Why? What's going on in Santa Monica? Oh, it's the pro jam. If you guys are pro or sponsored, you can skate. Really? Um... I could try to help you guys out. And if you're a pro or sponsored, you can compete at Pro Jam. At this point, they have no money, no food, down and out. Oh, and a girl stole their van. Which is acceptable. There's nothing wrong with they that. They never call the police. They never do anything. They just... She steals not just their van. She steals another Escalade, by the way. It's the, the thug kids. The cultural appropriation kids. Yes. The cacks. Uh, so it's time to meet the clowns. I hate clowns. In this movie, surprisingly, not an ICP cameo, but Matt's family runs a clown college. Randy Quaid. Yes, Randy Quaid. We get a little montage here. Team Super Duper gets some showers and some sleep and the energy and things needed to head to Pro Jam. There's one problem with Pro Jam. Eric and his friends are neither pro nor sponsored, but when they arrive, they're on the list. They, they try to pull a stunt where they take Wee Man from Jackass, try and pass him off as like a Make-A-Wish kid, which I have a bit about Make-A-Wish shirts at Goodwill that we won't get into. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, so they try to use Wee Man to get in and they find out they don't have to do that because they're on the list. Jamie put him on the list thinking, hey, if you guys want to make the trip, shouldn't get denied because of some paperwork. But so they get to skate at the competition. They get their, <laughs> their very lackluster performance out of the way. It wasn't even a comp. They did nothing. No, they got to do like a demo. But that is not the climax of the movie. After they skate at the competition, Eric goes head to head on the half pipe and defeats the rival skater and earns the respect of the rival. Was skaters. that rival skater number one? That was. Showdown. Chad Fernandez, rival skater number one. They all head back home to their lives. Eric is working at his family's hardware store. 
He's had a hard time staying in contact with Jamie. And then all of a sudden they're sitting there catching up, shooting the shit. And Jimmy Wilson shows up with Jamie. Well, Jamie shows up with Jimmy Wilson, Mm -hmm. gets out of the bus and tells Eric, hey, I saw a tape on the bus and Jamie made me watch it. It was the tape that the friends put on the bus. He offers Eric and his friends a spot on the tour, despite not being good. No, they're horrible. Eric's good. But fast forward, the movie ends how it began in a skate shop except with Eric as the pro skater handing out decks a little bit different than how it started with Bam, yeah. where Bam just took all of his decks Let me free. autograph your deck, kid, but don't put any trucks on it because now it's worth even more money. So, Jim, unless you have anything else to mention about the plot, let's get into the characters. It's... Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's the movie right there in a yeah. nutshell. Well, a lot of it makes we, no sense. We said that we covered in season one, again, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Season one, we covered with some guests from Weeby Ramblin'. We covered um, Ready, to Rumble. Ready to Rumble. And this movie is essentially... Steve Koontz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve Koontz. This movie is essentially Ready to Rumble. Same idea, just with skateboarding. You know what? I've seen this movie, oh God, I don't even know how many times now. I this time watching it, it does not hold. No, up I haven't anymore. watched it in a while, and I it's used probably to, been about a couple years. I used to love it. I used to really like this. We would watch it a lot. We would, in like two thousand four. We would watch this all the time. Like I, this movie totally kicked into gear. That oh, that's right, POD was a thing. I get times have changed. There was so much like sexual harassment type shit in this movie. You could not get away with now. Like we said, cultural appropriation in this movie that's just very questionable. But a lot of stuff does not make sense in this movie. But back when we used to watch all the time, we didn't care. But now that we're older and we we can see things better, it just does not hold yeah, up a as little... a skateboarding movie. Even yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So well, let's let's get into characters. We had Mike Vogel as Eric Rivers. Oh, I want you to check out my new sponsor me tape. Any different than the last three, dude? Totally different. Remember that trick I was trying on the vert, uh, that little flip trick? This close to landing. I'll have it in like a week. Vince Viloff. Chug, chug, bug, banana, fana, Could have done the world could have done without Vince Veloof. I got a little bit to, to say about him. Viloff as Matt, Matt Jensen, Joey Kern, who I love as Sweet Lou Singer. It's just too easy sitting here year after year watching the new crop roll in. Me just taking my pick. Besides, my calendar's already pretty booked. You saw those two Bettys that were here before? They're just my Tuesday. You should see Friday. Adam Brody from OC fame is Dustin Knight. Keep laughing, Eric, but I'm going to be at college in the fall and you're still going to be here. So think about that. You're the most ge- famous guy probably in this cast is or Adam Jennifer Brody Morrison because she's had a good career. She's still But going. in 03? Yeah, in 03, it was probably Adam Brody. Jason London as Jimmy Wilson. Somebody broke the tour rule. Don't oh. worry about it. I'll fix this. Let's get out of here. Number two. Boss, man. How many times do I have to tell him? No, go number two on my bus! We didn't know which London it yeah, was. It didn't matter. London, guys. Bam Margera's in here. Steven Root, who's been in everything. News radio. Our, our, our policy clearly states every customer will be served to his satisfaction. Customer may receive a replacement. Excuse me, I'll be right with you. A replacement will be given as long as he has his receipt. You have your receipt. Who else? Christopher McDonald, which is Shooter McGavin, as Mr. Rivers. Slugbug. Slugbug. <laughs> Huh? My buddy Bill, rest in peace, he always used to say, Mr. Rivers! Mm-hmm. Brian Posehn's in here. He's unhappy with his chili. Uh, we, <laughs> we, Which was a callback to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That scene. Wee Man, Randy Quaid, Lindsay Felton, who was from Nickelodeon. Do you want to learn how to throw a pie? 
that you never turn down pie. This we discovered something while watching this movie about Lindsay Felton, she, everybody. So Lindsay Felton did a Nickelodeon show, like was a teen actress, and then did this movie. And then I remember seeing her. There was a reality show called Scream Cream Scream <laughs> Scream Creams. That's a different movie. That's basically what on she's Pornhub. doing. Basically, uh, she did a show called Scream Queens, which was a reality competition to win a walk-on role in, actually a speaking role in Scream, in one of the Scream movies, and she was eliminated in the finale, and I was like, oh, she she was pretty good on that. She was trying to do a comeback. Well, now she does a different type of comeback. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> we found we found some naughty pictures uh, of Lindsay Felton. Yeah, she, uh, so she was supplementing her income. Chad Fernandez and his glorious eyebrows play rival skater one. Uh, Let me tell you how we do it, okay? Aaron McGahee as Rival Skater 3. He's from Jackass, Danger Aaron. And then who else? Bobcat Goldthwait, who plays a weird bell clerk. Back-to-back weeks, we yes. got Bobcat. Yeah. Tom Green, he's in here. We he's talked about him last week. Serial Carpins. Ryan Sheckler's in here, not playing Serial Carpins. He's playing Rod St. James. Yeah, you never hear his name. Uh, Preston Lacey plays a guy who takes a shit. And, uh, there's a lot of like dump references. Yes. In this. There's a it's, lot of... It's the same as Ready to Rumble. The whole right. premise of the movie is like based oh, on shit. Dude, when you have that, like, I was today years old moment, it's the sign of generic writing. It's like, oh... Uh, I have a comedy. Uh, we need some cheap laughs. Comedy's hard to write. If you ever yeah. try to write, some, I mean, you know, you've done stand yep. up, but if you ever try to write comedy to make people laugh, it's a nightmare. It's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to tap into everyone's humor. So, th- in a way, it's like writing shit jokes is kind of like a universal cheap pop. Mm-hmm. Jim, what actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non lead character steal scenes? The girl casts this Native American girl. Yeah. There's actual accredited person just says Native American girl. There's a girl. lot of those. There's like hot girl, even hotter girl. That's it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, is there anybody better than Joey Kern in this Joey movie? Joey Kern's fantastic. If Sweet Lou was not in this movie, this movie would suck even worse. Joey Kern is Sasquatch Gang. That movie is incredible, and Joey Kern's so good in it. He just, I, I love everything he's in. He's the best in this. Nobody else is really worth uh, Not Bam. Not Bam Margera. This is one thing Kevin, Kevin actually brought this up, and it makes perfect sense. Why do all the pro skaters have to be assholes in this movie? Yeah, there's... Uh, That's like a prereq. Like, yeah. hey, man. Because the thing that doesn't make sense is, you know, every one of these pro skaters had to be like, you know, the super duper guys in this movie where they just needed a break. Hey, man, can you check out this tape? It's like they're playing polar ops. Like, dude, don't fucking bother me. I'm trying to have sex. Go have sex yeah, yourself. Well, that's, that's like we asked basically, how was Tony Hawk not in this movie? Yeah, because at this time, Tony Hawk was probably close to his peak. It's like, how did Tony Hawk not appear in this movie? And I guess maybe they're going for a different vibe, like the jackass type scene. But you know, like I said, I bet you they handed him the script. He's like, I'm not going to be an asshole well, to somebody. Bam, Bam's like real mean to a girl. Okay, Jamie, I'm saying it to your face. I don't want you here, okay? The last thing I need on this tour is some haggard-ass chick lurking around. He's fucking ridiculously like, mean. You think I'm going to watch her tape? You're like, yeah, going to watch it now. Yeah, he's like... He called Jennifer Morrison's character, Jamie, a haggard-ass. Yeah. A, where a, Some where, haggard-ass girl. <laughs> where is she haggard? Yeah. And, and another thing we learned, too. The world can do without Vince Velouf. I'm yes, sorry. I, I have a whole thing. I don't understand everything he says. He has to make some sort of weird. Maybe he is the 21st century Bobcat Goldthwait. 
But after everything he says, he has to do some sort of fucking duck lip thing. Even Adam Brody's character, Dustin, makes the duck lip thing yeah. after he says something wildly inappropriate. Yeah, the, they make the skaters look really bad in this movie. Like the one, I, I can't place his name right now who it is, but when Eric goes up to him and is like, hey man, I'm trying to get signed. And he's like, basically like, I'm trying to have sex with this girl. Yeah, we like, get out of here. Go try and have sex. We're at a party. And I, I get it. I get that they're at a party, but like they could have written that better. And yeah. then ba- and same with Bam. They make Bam look terrible. And I don't think Bam cared, but every, yeah, every, I mean, Bob Burnquist at least doesn't look bad. He, well, well, you know why? Because he doesn't fucking say anything. He just stands there. Right. Okay. With that said, uh, best scenes, I will say. I do not have much here. To me, it is, it's the unofficial competition between Eric Rivers and rival skater number one played by Chad Fernandez. What's up, dog? Didn't I tell you to break out, fool? I just don't like you, fool. Bounce. After they they essentially they get to Pro Jam, they find out they're on the list. They find out that they get there's a lot. This is more of like a logic team super duper. They have the terrible MC. Yeah. And when the MC announces them, usually if you've ever been to a skate competition or a skate demo, you're fucking ready to go. Yeah. When they announce you, you're up on the ramp with your helmet on and your pads. You're ready to drop in. You're ready to drop in as soon as they announce you. Santa Monica, it is time to get busy because next up we have four cats that you might not heard of. They are Eric Rivers, Dustin Knight. Matt Jensen and Sweet Lou Singer. And you know what? If you haven't heard of these kids, guess what? We are all in the same boat. But they're here. They're ready to get busy. That's right. They are representing super duper skateboarding. No, these dudes walk across the parking lot. The Michael Bay slow-mo shot. Yeah, you get the Michael Bay. They drop out the net sound. It's just unwritten law and them walking across the parking lot. They do nothing, and, like, I'm not going to... It's the one but If you're playing Tony Hawk and you don't know all the button combos, like, (laughs) oh, I know how to do up and triangle. That's all they did. It's. I mean, I'm not going to get too technical with, you know, listeners who aren't skaters, but it's, like, 50-50 grind is, like, the first grind you learn. Kick flip. Kick flip is, like, once you know how to to ollie, you can do a kick flip. Nollies, like... Oh, wait, we did see a 360. Yeah, there was one 360 (laughs) with a grab. The biggest move. Yeah, they don't... They just... It's like, hey, guys, we've been working our whole tour to just go across the country and do the skate demo and then they do it and they do pretty rudimentary tricks yeah. like if that's what they were going to do they should have just stayed home they would have got last these kids yeah these kids <laughs> like fucking garbage it, it's like me be dreaming of being a pro athlete mm-hmm. it, like <laughs> you know it just whatever so anyway after they do this demo they're really happy with themselves and their performance they did it they got there but this beef still isn't squashed between them and the thugs the rival skaters no dog yes yeah, so rival skater says let's go whatever so they go trick for trick on the half pipe a ton of people come in and it becomes this unofficial competition well they go trick for trick Rival skater on his second attempt, I think he hits a 720, which is pretty impressive. But then Eric Rivers hits like a 540 varial heel flip indie, which at this time, that trick was pretty incredible. Yeah, next to the 900. I mean, you are spinning independently of your board, which is also spinning. So your board is flipping while you're spinning. Basically upside down. Upside down. You grab the board out of the air, you put it on your feet, and then in a spin back to a landing position. I would like to know who actually filmed that trick at that time because 
not an easy trick at all. Kevin and I tried to find out who was the stunt guy, yeah. but they don't designate which stunt guy was who for no, what I, move. I mean, and, and that's not even a trick I feel like you could even do on wires. Like, mm-hmm. it, the aid of wires wouldn't help you. Yeah, they did do wires. They did for, wire some wire tricks, like on scenes where you could see, you know, the cast, the, the tricks <laughs> you could see them do. They didn't teach them to Ollie and stuff. They just put them on wires. But the director or the cinematographer of this movie kind of did a not so good way of hiding the stunt guys. Oh, and it's all because it's like close up shot. That sure as hell is not yeah. Eric Rivers. Yeah. I mean, usually you cut their head off or whatever, but there are ones where if you're looking at their face, it's just not even. I wish they would have done that to fucking Vince Valouf throughout this whole movie. <laughs> I wish they just would cut him out of the movie <laughs> altogether. Yeah bastard uh so that do you have uh, a best scene yeah i have one they're all trying to get this team dynamic they take sweet lou's van they spray paint it up they put ramps on the damn thing and at one point as they're driving across country they decide to let's all sing poison in the car yeah oh. Which is a really cool scene. It's like a togetherness scene. I appreciate it. But watching it like we did, I never noticed this. So Sweet Lou puts it in. You know, he's lip syncing everything. The first, I believe it's the third word he says when he actually starts singing, he fucks up the words. Not a dime I can pay my rent. I can barely make it through the week. You'd think that this is the only CD he has. He loves Poison. He fucks up the lyrics to the entire <laughs> song. And then they just do this weird van dancing. And while they're driving, they open up the side door and they're dancing to an old woman who proceeds then to flick them off. She kind of thinks about whether she wants to flick them off. I guess Vince, once again, Vince Valouf says Satan and it just triggers the old woman yeah. and gives him the finger. I like that scene. I don't have I got, much. I got a couple more. I mean, one, I like that the movie opens and ends the same. So at the beginning of the movie, and I, I mentioned this already, but symmetry be- beginning. Yeah. Beginning of the movie, Eric's in a skate shop. He needs a skateboard because he doesn't have one. And that's a logic issue that we'll talk about. But Eric's in the skate shop. He's trying to get the dude to give him the dude is from Dazed and Confused. Why can't we remember his name? And he plays his Sasha something. Yeah, it's but, Sasha, yeah. But he he's trying to get this dude to give him a skateboard. And he says, no. Bam comes in. He says, give me those boards. You know, he just hands Bam the boards. Love you, bro. Uh, all right, easy, Greg. Freaking me out, man. Let me get a skateboard. Which one do you want? I don't care. They're all the same shape. I want my board right there. And Bam walks out. You know, he has him autograph some stuff for the uh, shop. So then at the end of the movie, there's a kid in there trying to get a skateboard. Eric. Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to need a bunch of my dicks. Yeah, I could do that. Cool, cool. Hey, it's Eric Rivers here in person. Go. Rivers. Cool, dude. Hey, man. I saw your demo down in Springfield. You're awesome. Cool, cool. Thanks. Hey, listen, you got a pen real quick, dude? Yeah. The board's pretty thrashed. There you go. Thanks, Greg. Uh, Eric asks for three skateboards, except for he takes one, he signs it, and he gives it to a okay. kid. Okay. A dark deck, black Sharpie. Yeah. You're not going to see shit Well, with also, that. the kid needs a new skateboard to skate. Yeah. And Eric gives him a signed skateboard. It's like, well, fuck, you just kind of... <laughs> Thanks for the skateboard, but I So now this kid it. either has this dilemma of either skating a signed skateboard or keeping it as a souvenir. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... Don't sign... Give him two. Like, if yeah. you're going to 
If you're going to sign one, give them a signed one and give them... Or do something special. Odds are we'll bring this up in logic, but I want to bring it up here real quick. Eric should have just gave him the skateboard that Vince Valouf riffed off from the merch grab. Because yeah. that's the most durable skateboard ever. And said, here you go, buddy. This is what I started out on. Yeah. Autograph it. That's the... Uh, yes. And that is the skateboard that was from a product toss at a demo. No product. No sponsor, <laughs> no brand. I had to skin a nine-year-old for that, man. You needed a board. Cheers. Like, they've got every skateboard brand in this movie. You've got Birdhouse. Independent. Independent. You've I mean, at, at, at yeah, S. You've got everybody in here. But for whatever reason... The skateboard that Eric rides in this movie is just like... I got it at the flea market. It's when you play Tony Hawk. It's yeah. what you start with before you upgrade your character. And then last, the uh, clown college. I only really like that because of the Lindsay Felton scene where she... They walk up. There's a bunch of clowns doing clown shit. They basically recharge their batteries here. This is... This movie, like last week, three montages. Mm-hmm. Because last week, Real Genius had three montages. Grind has three montages. This is where they also finally shower in they the movie. They finally shower. They get some sleep. They recharge their batteries so that they're ready to go to Pro Jam. But Sweet Lou falls in love with Vince's... Well, I don't know what his, what's his real what his character's name. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even care. It's Matt Matt Jensen. <laughs> Matt Jensen. You so gotta do the duck lips after he, you say it. Yeah, uh, Matt Jensen. He, uh... Yeah, Matt Jensen's sister and uh, Sweet Lou fall in love, and she does this whole gag with, she says, do you want to learn how to throw a pie? She says, I bet you never turn down pie, and I bet you in 15 years I'll do porn. <laughs> really bad, uh, bad porn, toy, toy porn. Yeah, but I think at the time, you and I probably were pretty like, oh, man, oh, that's hot. Oh, my God. That's hot. Shit. I have another one real quick. Okay. The when they show up at Animal Chins a day late because they were going to do the skate demo in front of Jimmy, but he was already gone. And they decided to just set up in their parking lot and do a demo. And then everybody starts getting pissed. We see Ryan Sheckler as Rod St. John. Great porn name for a 12 year old, by the way. And then everybody gets pissed that they have no merch. Yeah. Dude, where's the product toss? Yeah, we're looking for free stuff. If you lose, it's a really sponsor. Where's the free stuff? Little Bow Wow, keep barking at me and you're going to take a one-way walk into the world. Oh, you yeah. got jokes? You got jokes? I don't got jokes. I got threats. Hey, let's hey, hey, knock, hey, knock you. Hey, give me a t-shirt. Hey, give me a t-shirt. Give me a t-shirt. In your face! And you brought up the fact that that is such a dichotomy of what America yeah, is like now to entitlement. Yeah, it's like a social commentary. Like you guys, they could have done 1080s with Benny Hanna's. Where's I want fucking free shirt, man. Which you know that they didn't because if they did the fucking 50-50 grinds and always at the Pro Jam, then what did they do with their demo? Also at the Pro Jam, they didn't even have merch at all no. to promote themselves. No. And the one t-shirt they did have was a callback to the Backyard Wrestling t-shirts that we used to have where it was just a flat color shirt with a rectangular sticker right in the middle with a logo. And if you wash it once, you're completely boned. You can never wash <laughs> those, it again. Those shirts were like a napkin. It was like... Oh, it was ad- horrible. It was like adhering a, a laminated napkin to Even a if shirt. you sweat through it, the logo's wrecked. It's yeah. a one-time use only. But that's something I want to bring up. Okay, well, that's enough for scenes. I'm tired, <laughs> so... <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Why don't, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see you later. No, I'm excited for this. Go ahead and blow the whistle. Pull check! Okay, it feels like it's been a while since we've covered music videos. Kevin, some people would say we're going back to the grind. Yes. 
specifically. You see what I did there? Because yeah. the movie's called Grind. I, I, yeah, I gotcha. Cool. Yeah, so we haven't done music videos in a few weeks because we've doubled up some, on some years. We haven't done 2003. So we will be doing music videos from 2003, the year that Grind was released. And Kevin, I did research. Wow. I've taken your comments to heart out there, pool sceners. <laughs> okay. Not just, eh, the, eh, it's your typical, you it, know. It's a video. 90s video. There's people in it. They're eating. Did you want to go first or did you want me to go first? Fuck it. I'm going first. Okay. I researched this. Number five. Ja Rule featuring Ashanti would mesmerize. Nice. Where would I be without my baby? Ja Rule and Ashanti released 75 <laughs> songs in 2003. This is probably my favorite one because I never thought state fairs would be so much fun. Yeah. It, I've, I've been to the Canfield Fair. I don't know if anybody lives around here that has listened to this podcast and is familiar with the Canfield Fair. Fairs have never been this exciting where everybody just randomly breaks out into songs while you're waiting to go on a death trap Ferris wheel. All of a sudden, this song ends up popping in your mind. You don't care about anybody else. You're looking your boo right in the eye and go, listen, we're going to get on this Ferris wheel. Odds are we're probably not going to get off of it. But I was mesmerized by your beauty and your kind heart. Yeah. And Ashanti, well, I always liked Ashanti. I, I, do you think people compared her a lot to Aaliyah? Yes. I was just going to say she's kind of Dollar Store Aaliyah. She is, but I don't know. I've always liked Ashanti, but I can't really remember that many Ashanti songs without Ja Rule. No, I just remember, I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. Oh, that's right. I gave you my... Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell you an Ashanti song. I can tell you all her hooks on, on <laughs> With ja, Rule. ja Rule. That was my number five. Okay, my number five is a little bit off the beaten path, but some of you real punk rockers out there will will understand. Taproot, mine. Ooh, I like Taproot. So this video is like really funny now because it's so 2003. And that's the, you know, a lot better videos. That's the only reason I picked it because it just seems to have good synergy with this movie. It's kind of the whole same scene and vibe. Taproot was a new metal band and they you had the song poem yeah and that was their biggest one and you can play like 2003 hot topic bingo because you could do eyebrow piercings long soul patches ball bracelets ball chains kickwear ufo pants vans it's just it's so dated go it's, to gadzooks yeah it's so funny go to djs and gadzooks in the mall get your jankos yeah buy your echo skateboard <laughs> those stores would always have like Half the store would be skate stuff, and then half the store would that be... That was like Pac Sun yeah, too. it'd be like Echo and, and whatever else. Yeah. So that's my five. Nothing great. Number four is still an anthem. 50 Cent into Club. Yep. Now, just like Ja Rule and Ashanti, 50 Cent released 95 songs this year. Oh, yeah. He he went with the, the quantity over, like, I'm going to get my shit in and get paid because I don't know how long this is going to last. Exactly. Now, this was the, his first song, and I think by far... It wasn't. It just was not his no, first there was, was his first He had a song called Wanks. That was the first. Yeah, and Wangsta got his foot in the door, and everybody's like, watch him. Like, he's going to be hot. Yeah. And then In the Club happened. Like, this, it, well, In the Club's way it, better like, than Wangsta. Like, Preston Lacey in the Porta Potty, it blew up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good reference. Speaking of blowing up, what you don't see in this video is 50 Cent running on a treadmill and taking a dump. So there's something you don't see. But every time when I've DJed and it's somebody's birthday, you got to play the song. Yeah. It's always for some, like, Drunk, over-drunk white go, girl. Go, Shawty. It's always, they don't know the name of the song sometimes. Plasticize's birthday. <laughs> go, Shawty. It's your birthday. They I, always say that. Now, I will say, shout out to Jamie Grant. We went to a, 
a party at a college and Jamie had brought like his whole book of CDs to this party, not knowing what was going to happen. And, and Jamie probably planned on playing some like Gorilla Biscuits or some Bad Brains or something, but he did make a mix CD. And the first track on that mix CD was 50 Cent into Club. When the people at the party heard everything beyond that, they decided, no, we just want into Club. We listened to into Club on repeat. For the entire party. You know the thing about Into Club 2? The edited version's better than the non-edited version. Oh, I don't even know the difference. It, there's like a couple more fucks in it. A couple more fucks. A couple, a couple more, more fucks in the edited version. <laughs> yeah, the edited version's way better with the added fucks. But yeah, that was my number okay, four. Speaking of added fucks, I have Alan Jackson and Jimmy Buffett. It's what? Fox- <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So. <laughs> where the hell did this come from? I actually knew nothing about this video. I would hope so. So I watched it, and it actually kicked more ass than expected. Who has ever said Alan Jackson kicks ass? The fashion icon, Alan Jackson. (laughs) He's wearing flyer shorts, and he's doing some ocean. (laughs) Spit water on Jim. He's wearing some flyer shorts. He's doing some fishing in the ocean. He gets off the boat. He goes to this indoor outdoor type bar uh, that you see on the ocean. You know, like the one we went to in Ocean City. Yeah. Like it's right on the ocean. It's really cool. Uh, he walks through the back door of this bar. And when he does so, it's directly on the stage with the big reveal. James Buffet, Jimmy <laughs> Buffett. And uh, but the whole reason I picked this video, you know, to your surprise, now that you almost choked to death. Oh, man. Uh, is because something I just talked about a couple days ago reminded me of this in our high school yearbook. So in high school, every year there would be a group of kids, juniors, seniors, whoever would all take a big group and go to the Jimmy Buffett concert every year. Fucking high school kids. What are you going to do at a Jimmy Buffett concert? The, to me, if I'm going to Jimmy Buffett concert, I'm getting sunburned and drunk. Oh, completely blitz. So then our yearbook every year had a page dedicated to those kids who took the rite of passage to go to a Jimmy Buffett concert. So, so weird though, because high school kids, I think of like 40 year old alcoholics go to Jimmy Buffett. I mean, I used to like date a girl whose dad was one of those guys. I've not gone to a Jimmy Buffett concert. I haven't either. I would want to like just said, to experience it. Sunburn and drunk. Like yeah. that's how I'm getting at Jimmy Buffett. He has a, a song or something, I think, that is like my favorite thing. I have no idea what it sounds like, but it's called Changes in Latitude, Changes that's a in gr- Attitude. Dude, that's a great song. The fucking name alone is so great. I ate at Margaritaville in Cleveland. <laughs> It's kind of like a Jimmy Buffett concert. No, it's no Pina Colada Berg. No, it's <laughs> Coco Pete. Yes. Uh, that, so that's my number four. Number three, I think ties into this movie a bit. Good Charlotte, the anthem. Yeah. Now, a little backstory. When I wasn't a Good Charlotte fan initially, but when The Young and the Hopeless came out, this was at a time in my life where it was just punk music. That's all I listened to is punk music. So much so. Yeah, so punk. <laughs> yeah. I, I use the term loosely. This was on one of my CD compilations that I called Summer Punk Shit, Songs You Can Listen To With The Windows Down In Your Car 2004. Great. Sorry, Ruben Stuttered, but I had an issue too in 2004. I'm, sorry, that, I'm sorry for 2004 and my 2004 <laughs> punk phase. <laughs> in my 2004 punk phase, they took place in 2003. This video, it's kind of cool. It's like back, it's backyard, backyard barbecues in Southern California. The Madden brothers sitting around singing the anthem because it's the anthem of Southern California. This is a really good song. You can also tie into skating, but good Charlotte, you, you, <sighs> this period of good Charlotte, you can wrap into the whole bunch of like, here's good Charlotte. Here's newfound glory. Here's the third coming of no effects. 
here I, is also okay. you know i wouldn't put good charlotte in with those bands because i think those other bands had some credibility they're a lot better but i will say the funny thing about good charlotte is i remember one year at warp tour after good charlotte blew up a little bit so after they got mtv exposed what was the song they've got Young. mansions we should lifestyles rich and famous. yeah lifestyles rich and famous so after that song came out, Good Charlotte still was like headlining Warp Tour. There were actually, fa- I remember people holding signs up, basically calling Good Charlotte sellouts. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things. It's like, you've got mansions now. Maybe we should rob them. Yeah. And it's like, really? You're going to call out this band? Funny thing is, though, Good Charlotte is probably still headlining the Warp Tour, even though the Warp Tour is no longer around it's, anymore. It's coming back. It's coming back? Yeah, of course it is. Why? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> great good charlotte not so good number three yeah, my, my number three hey ya outcast speaking oh, of weddings excellent. played at every wedding ever oh, god so outcast uh atlanta rappers great atlanta rappers great albums they released a double album called speaker box the hey, love, love below Hello. which was essentially each member of outcast despite it being billed as outcast so big boy had his single which was I like the way you move. Mm-hmm. And then Andre 3000, three stacks. He released Hey Ya. So in the video, he plays like the role of every character. And it's like a white one, like something I used to be a wedding videographer. Something that used to bother me is when they would play this at weddings and there's a part where it's shake it like a Polaroid picture. Mm-hmm. So many of these like basic white women would take that literally and yep. they would do this dance where they acted like they were shaking a polaroid picture now it's just drop your ass like it's, yeah, hot. it's just shake it like yeah. you know don't literally shake a pole like, it just drive this crazy. song i rank right up there at wedding well sometimes at weddings but more miss jackson yeah this is right up there with miss jackson sorry miss jackson <laughs> okay so that's my number three I also like bomb. I'd have to say though, my favorite Outcast song would have to be "Bombs Over Baghdad." Bombs Over Baghdad is great. great try and song. learn the lyrics and try and do that one. Forget about it. Number two for me actually has some background familiarity for me. It's "Smile Empty Soul Bottom of a Bottle." Now there is a lot when it comes to this, especially the song, the music video. Once again, not right home about. It. There's people in it. Okay, there, I, I, I picked. <laughs> there's people in it. <laughs> yeah. This I picked more of the story. So in 2003, the summer of 2003, but my friends and I, Rick and Josh, we went to X-Fest in Pittsburgh, and Smile Empty Soul played on one of the, the outside stage. I think they were on the same stage as Breaking Benjamin. So we saw them, and it was really cool. Then we found out they were playing at the Cellar in Struthers the very next night. So Struthers, I mean, the Cellar was a very intimate, it's a bar with a stage, very small. So we ended up seeing them again, and, and they noticed because we had Smile Empty Soul shirts. I look back on it now, I'm like, oh my God, we were groupie girls. We literally were groupie girls for this band. So we ended up hanging out with the band the entire night after they played they were opening for Trapped, which Trapped right. is featured in this movie. Big, so, twi- big Twitter celebrities, Trapped. <laughs> huge Twitter celebrities. They ended up comping us drinks and stuff like that, and they go, hey, we're playing in Cleveland tomorrow night. You guys want to come up? So what did we do? Like the fangirls we were, we drove to Agora and saw them because they opened with... How old were you? This is 2022. Oh, yeah. So I was 22. How did you get off work? I was working at Max and Irma. I just started at Max and Irma's at the time. I almost had that whole you weekend off. Th- three days off. This is when I was working like super part time, like two to three days a week. We went up to Cleveland and saw Smile Empty Soul with Trapped in Three Days Grace. Okay. But a lot of people are like, how do you guys Should know? Fuck them? No, we did not have sex. I can vehemently say that. It's like I said during the beginning of this podcast, this is during my drinking three days a week phase which i i drink one beer now i want to go to bed at three hours 
But this song holds a lot of like cool memories for me. It, it's not the music video. This time it's more the song that yeah, holds the, a lot of weight. So it's a lot of good stories involved. The nostalgia involved. and the sentiment. And then the lead singer got really pissy with the bassist who was really cool and the drummer got rid of both of them. Now it's just him and other guys and the song sucks now. Back in 03, this was big for me. Smile Empty Soul, bottom of the bottle, numero two. My number two is actually a founding member of Smile Empty Soul, Johnny Cash. <laughs> 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 So I uh, knew I, w- I knew he looked familiar. It was uh, "Hurt" by Johnny Cash. Oh, it was a uh, Nine Inch Nails cover. Which leave it up to, to Rick Rubin. Which I've I've read books and read you know mixed things about Rick Rubin. But uh, yeah, he he convinced Johnny Cash to do a Nine Inch Nails cover. Not even a popular Nine Inch Nails song. This is just like a like a track at the end of Downward Spiral. This was at the end of Johnny Cash's life. Is right before he passed. And there's. Like a ton of symbolism in this video. It's really dark and it's uh it's like one of the greatest videos ever. It, it got like it had universal appeal too. They they played it on wherever they were playing videos. It's a song that really hits you in the soul. Yeah. That I've had drunk people ask me to play at a bar and I'm like, no, no not playing it. Can you play Hurt? I'm so upset. Yeah. Okay, Wendy. Let me finish in the club yeah. and then I'll play Hurt. <laughs> we're gonna go for Johnny 50 Cash. Cent to Hurt. Yeah, so that's that's it. My number one is no surprise. It's Justin Timberlake, Cry Me a River. I have the same number one. It is so damn good. This is the second hit off his first solo album, Justified, the first one being like, I love you. Justin Timberlake could write a song literally about this movie Grind, and it could be horrible, and I'll still love it, because Justin Timberlake does no wrong. I got to stand up in the studio of him, for God's sake. This song, Timbaland Magic. Yeah. The beat. It's a jam. It's such a jam. It's a jam. The video is very art noir. Well, the video, the the best thing about the video is this, this video to me, all I remember is that this was like, this song's about Britney. It's a big middle finger to Britney. This is a Britney middle finger. The video, everything about this was a middle finger to Britney. And now I think that's worn off if you hear the song, but damn, this song is a jam. This is the lyric. I don't have to say what you did. I already know. I found out about him. Yeah. I mean, come on. Heard it from him. Yeah. Song is so good, guys. Yeah, it's that it was also my number one. So I'm glad it worked out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do some honorable mentions. Evanescence, bring me to life, which <laughs> is like meme status. Yes. R. Kelly, ignition. Which I didn't really want to touch that one. Yeah, we don't really. We try not to. Yeah, we're good. I liked uh, Beautiful, Snoop Dogg and Pharrell. It's a good song. I think Pharrell was only like 174 at this time because yeah. he's 290 years old. Uh, don't forget about E Minum with Lose Yourself. E Minum? Eminem? Eminem, Eminem. Whatever. E Minum? I'm yes. sorry, Eminem? Yes. Lil John, Get Low. Mm-hmm. Also another one that had that that bar crowd into club appeal. Yes. Puddle of Mud, She Hates Me. Which had to be edited very yeah, much. Yeah, because it's normally she fucking hates me. Yeah. She fucking hates me. Yeah, I didn't have much else. I mean, there, oh, there were a Wayne, lot. You know what? Very underrated. Wayne Wonder, Never Let You Go. That's another good I song. I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's another good song. Huh. Air Force One's Nelly. Yeah. And your favorite song, Lumity, Never Leave You. Uh-oh. Yeah, there was uh, Chingy right there. Yeah, everybody in the club getting tips. That wasn't that one. Which one is it? Oh, that Holiday was- Inn. Yeah, no. it's Holiday Inn. No, it was... Which one was it? I love it when you do it right there. Oh, that's Chingy. Who am I kidding? Fuck. You're thinking of the guy that stabbed his own eyes out? And Tipsy. Jaquan. Oh, no. Jaquan didn't. There was a guy... That's who I was. It confused him. There was a guy that did a song. I don't know. He stabbed his own eyes out. That's all was I remember. Was that Fetty Wap? No. No, he, he had glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Fatty Wap was also probably four four years old in 2003. All right. This one's really going off the rails a little bit. Let's just get let's get back in the pool. Everybody get back in the pool. All right. Uh, what's the best song from Tony Hawk? Best song ever from Tony Hawk? Yeah, or best songs. Okay. It's one one. Goldfinger. Yes. And then I would say Gorilla Radio. I like Alkaline Trio Photograph. Would you say Alkaline Trio is one of the most underrated bands? Yes, of course. Okay, I was going to say, I don't think, we're our collective group of friends, we've always loved Alkaline Trio. I just don't think they ever got the credit. Now Skiba is the lead singer of Blink-182. So. Yeah, 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 that was the right answer. It was uh, Superman by Goldfinger, mm-hmm. which is also in Kingpin, a good movie. Yes. In a scene where he punches her in the tits. Breast, Kevin. Uh, let's, uh, let's do our logic. Oh, we got some logic Number here, Number one folks. on my logic. Why does Vince Valouf exist? <laughs> why was he born? <laughs> uh, no, why? It's so fucking annoying. It's, it's like last week where we God. said that Val Kilmer kind of had this Ryan Reynolds in Van Wilder appeal. Vince Maloof is kind of like Dane Cook, but worse. It's like really brutal. It's like everything he says has to have some sort of weird sound, a duck bill response after he says everything. Rest disease. I like them two at a time and round. I represent the uh, Release of Twins Foundation. You guys want to make a little donation? What are you talking about? About releasing those twins. <laughs> He's so fucking annoying. He doesn't fit in this movie. And another thing, too. They just graduated from high school, right? They're the oldest looking 18 year olds I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Vince Valouf, I'm pretty sure, is 41. He was in some other stuff, but mostly it was Grind and Rat Race. Yeah, and that's that, it. And thankfully, not too much else. I hope he doesn't listen because I've been pretty mean to him. But it's just... I'm sure he's a real nice guy. You just... You put him in the movie and it changes everything. It doesn't work. No, it really distracts. So that one was kind of a throwaway and just a joke. My first one, when they're in the desert before their van gets stolen... My college fund's gutted. Dustin says that he has exhausted his college fund. So Dustin is ready to go to college. He's reluctant to go with them. He's working at the Chili and such. Yeah, because he needs to prepare to go to college. They've only been gone a few days. Mm -hmm. They've been eating free food. They cleaned Bobcat Goldsway... You know what I'm saying. Yeah. His pool so that they could stay for free. In the honeymoon suite. But then at one point later in the movie, he says... Eric, let me tell you something. The seven hundred and thirty-six dollars and eighteen cents I've spent since I've been here, worth it. So you're telling me I I have like so many you logic can't even issues. go to ETI Tech for seven hundred thirty dollars. No. So one, that's not enough money for college. It's not for enough one. money for like three books. Two, how did he spend that money? They've went from Chicago to Arizona at this point. The only thing they would not need seven hundred dollars in gas. The only like, thing we that he established that he spent monetarily. Was when they were sitting around the rocks in the desert. He's like, I'm sorry. Are you upset with the fact that I've worked hard and saved some money? And with that money, I happen to buy a little food for myself. You're going to shit on me because I bought my own food. Yeah, that's all he bought. But and we're assuming maybe he chipped in for gas. But if they're driving from Chicago to I don't know where they are at the time in the desert, we're assuming well, they're in Nevada. To Tucson. They're near Tucson. OK, so they're in Arizona. But 
What was gas in 2003 at the time? Well, Iraqi war. Was it was $1.50 maybe? Might have been up there. Well, it might be. Well, when oh. the war kicked off, it might have been around Wait, three. yeah. This was post, post 9-11, yeah. so mm-hmm. might have went But up. still, there's four other yeah. guys. Yeah, exactly. So are we to assume they have no money whatsoever? That's what they're acting like. They, they're down and out. They don't know what they're going to do. Sweet Lou has a dog grooming business. I just don't know. Yeah, the money thing doesn't work. They It would have been better... Well, maybe not if he hadn't said how much he spent, because then it's like, wait, you only have $700 saved for college? Like, what's the point? So, yeah, that's my next one. Do you want to do one or do you want me yeah, to do Yeah, I got one? one. The chick that Sweet Lou ho- hooks up with, hot chick number one or three, I don't know which one to use. That's how she's billed. Steals the super duper van. No repercussions. Right. He kind of just like, ah, it happens. Once again, we see later on in the film, she steals the rival skaters Cadillac. No repercussions. Most of these movies we watch never has any type of authority involvement whatsoever. But the thing that also drives me nuts with this chick that steals the van, and it ties into later on in the movie where Jamie wants to help the guys out and go, hey, I can go along with you guys. And fucking Double V himself, Vince Veloof again. Sorry, Vince Viloff rhymes with Piloff, whatever. What in the name of all things holy Please, you feel this vibe, you feel the pulse, how we're all sharing one heartbeat, like our herd of elk. We finally accumulated something of a team vibe over there. Do not ruin it. What, you don't want to bring a girl? No, man, where's the van, dude? They're all cute and the horns come out. No, rules are rules. Yeah, but where's the van? Exactly, where's our car? Maybe she has a car. Yeah, dude, she's a good girl. Trust her. Yeah, she's sexy, man. Guys. No, we can't have her come along. She'll mess up with our dynamic. He didn't seem to have a problem when Klepto Chick decided to sleep on the van and they took her right. halfway across the country. Yeah. No fucking issue whatsoever. Well, they also, they won't go with Jennifer Morrison's character, but then how far do they walk to this clown college? That's because thing. that's like a whole thing, too. He was a senior in high school with these guys, mm-hmm. but his parents lived all the way across like he never mentions this no they never do he says he sleeps on eric's couch so it's i mean we there's kind of a bluff line where randy quaid even says why have you never called he's like i just i fucking hated you guys man you can't become clowns man uh my next logic issue is so in order to skate at a lot of these events they have to be pro or sponsored but for a non-skateboarding fan or audience, they never explain what that means. Because if they just have to be sponsored, why doesn't like Eric's dad sponsor yeah, them? He has a hardware store. Yeah, like what is what is the actual requirement to be pro or sponsored? It's it's just a throw. Like some people understand how it works a little bit better because they're fans. And maybe you only watch this movie if you're a skateboarding fan and not a casual fan, but it's just like an invisible barrier that they never explain why you can't cross. There's certain movies, Rad in particular, which we'll, we'll cover in a future season. In order for crew to get on the hell track, his company had to have at least, I think it was $100,000 yeah. or X amount of fans or merchandise buys. Yes. So that makes perfect sense here. It's just any, you know, whatever. Yeah, we don't know. But how, I mean, even if they give her validation by putting super duper skates on that list, isn't somebody going to be like, well, who are super well, duper skates? Exactly. Like, what did they produce? That's, it's a, a, a scene device that makes it worse. It's like a plot device that makes it worse. All it took was for you to put them on the list. They're still not sponsored and they're still not pro. Mm-hmm. Or because she put them on the list, they're just pro now. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Okay. Another thing that kind of, I have like three more after this, but this one makes sense. When they decide to stay at Bobcat Goldthwait's motel, and Bobcat looks completely not great in this film whatsoever, where he plays a real creepy dude. So how much for a room? 
Well, it's $10 an hour and 40 for the whole night. I guess that depends what you playboys got in mind, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? We'll clean your pool if you let us crash here tonight. Oh, yeah, my uh, skimmer's been broken. All right. You do the deed, and room 126 is yours. And that, my friend, is the honeymoon suite. They said, hey, we'll clean out this pool. Basically, they want to clean out the pool in order to, you know, do vert, vert tricks in the pool, which I totally get. But they literally, it seemed, it only took them like an hour to clean out a massive in-ground pool full of trash, a homeless guy or a drug out guy. The sun never went down. They seem to just have no problem just cleaning out this pool in a matter of one hour. Meanwhile, you see Sweet Lou even sit there half the time. That's one little thing. I didn't, it didn't make sense at all. <laughs> My, my last one, and I'll let you finish up yours. Mm -hmm. At the skate demo at Animal Chin. So they go to Animal Chin. They find out that they've missed Jimmy, that they lost a day somehow, which how do you lose a day when it's only been a few days? But they lose a day. They missed the demo. So they ask if they can set up and skate their own demo. It's all well, green. During that, we see a guy loosening the lug nuts on their van. But then shortly after that, as they drive down the road, they have a full catastrophic tire blowout. That would not happen from loosening the lug nuts. The wheel might come off, which is probably what should have happened. But no, the fucking wheel explodes. It's weird. And, and when they decide to change the wheel, they don't jack the van up. They just change the wheel out while Sweet Lou is having sex in the van. Uh -huh. And the van is just hopping up and down. Yep. They don't, yeah, they don't jack the van up. They just yep. magically change the tire. And meanwhile, after that scene, they decide, hey, we're four guys. We need to take a leak. They decide to go off to the side of the road in full view of the highway and decide to all piss within, I don't know, would you say two to three feet of each other? But decide to piss with their, their pants completely down around their ankles. And when they come around to the front view, somehow their pants are up a higher and they totally readjust. I, that's How many times have you pissed out in public and you just say, you know, I'm taking the pants all the way to the ground? There's a lot of things about that that makes you wonder why they decide. Like, they did it for comedic effect, but it's like, I, I don't, <laughs> I have no words. And then you don't forget about the fact that there's such a restaurant franchise known as Chili and Such. And when they decide to do the gimmick because Dustin's character works at a Chili and Such where he saved up all those buku bucks to go to college is 730 plus dollars. There is a company policy where if you show your receipt and they messed up, they'll give you free food. That's how they got food. Well, he digs through the garbage. This little kid proceeds to walk up to him and go, What you doing? Um, I dropped something and I'm looking for it. I curly cheese fries. Lots of them. And a chocolate shake. Okay. Did your mom ever tell you not to talk to strangers? <laughs> she didn't say anything about puking on them, though. Thank you. <laughs> and the kid totally throws up all over him, shows no sign of throw up. It seemed to just all the vomit just soaked up into the receipt. And when you see the next shot, he's dry as a bone. There's another logic well, issue for you right there. That, the policy of the restaurant, too. It's stupid. It's like they will replace any food regardless. He uh, said, we were here an hour ago and we ordered 10 gut busters. But when we drove home, all there were were coffees. It's yeah. like. And the guy goes, yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. This movie 
Just uh, it's crazy. I've, t- I've turned on this movie. So have I, because I used to like this movie, but I used now to like I don't. It. And now, yeah, exactly. I now I it's not good. Yeah, it's not good at all. I guess this en- will end up maybe being the one movie we do every year where we're just like, mm. yeah, we've actively turned on this as we're reviewing. <laughs> this is kind of momentous. Yeah, that's all I had left in all logic. Right, so rather than asking what is the legacy of movie, I will ask: Is there a legacy of this movie? Has there been a skateboarding movie since this? Like a nationally released? Yeah, there was. Um, what's the A twenty one movie? A twenty one. Yeah, that does all the wait. Lords art. of Dogtown. No, well, yeah, there you go. And yeah, A twenty four. What's it called? The indie company that does all the movies. A twenty four. They did like Lady Bird and stuff. Yeah, it's A twenty four. Okay. They did. God. Oh, Alpha Dog. Was no. that a skateboarding movie? Uh, it was. I don't know. Was it? I don't know. I associate um, that with Lords of Dogtown. It's the it's one the about the it. kid who's a skateboarder. That kind of reminds me of kids. I, I want to say it's called 1996, but it's not. There's so many good skateboarding movies out there. Gleaming the Cube, Thrashing. There's another great one from the 80s. Yeah. Gleaming the Cube makes no sense. None at all. But we should cover that one, The term one Gleaming too. the Cube makes no sense. Yeah. So not much for Legacy. That I, It's called Mid-90s. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. But this was the epitome of MTV skateboard Tony Hawk culture in one year lumped into one. With all the stereotypes, all the music, all the tropes, this is very heavily an MTV-directed movie. And that's who it was centered upon. I think we've kind of turned on it because we've gotten older and we totally see through yeah, all of yeah, it. Yeah, I guess when I think if I were to show somebody younger this movie who hadn't seen it and they watched it, I just I don't know if they... And another thing is once you've seen a movie, there's a difference. So once you've seen a movie so many times that you remember every beat, you remember every line, how many times can you watch it before that wears off? And a good movie, you like Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. you can it doesn't matter how many times because it's still funny and still enjoyable and you look forward to that. But this it's like I think there's an expiration. Yeah. You see it so many times and but you just you got to retire it. Plus the big thing we both said Mike Vogel, as Eric Rivers, he just doesn't seem, as an actor, to be into that role whatsoever. Like, you brought up the fact that he's wearing, like, multiple indie company shirts. Yeah. He's just, he, he seems to just be there collecting a paycheck. Well, right. It's There's no authenticity. And I'm not saying that they needed to necessarily cast a real skateboarder or anything, but there just seemed to be a lack of of credibility with the character like without adam brody in this movie i mean if you look at the what they made in this movie it it did nothing even having adam brody in it even though the oc was big at this time but could this movie have potentially done even worse without adam brody in this movie yeah it wouldn't have mattered like whatever money they spent or whatever it wouldn't have mattered. like nothing would have improved this movie for me other than a better script it's like brody's probably the biggest name in this movie and he's second build or no, he's not even second build. He's third build behind uh, Double V. So yeah. it's like, what the hell's going on? But yeah, this movie did not hold up for us, folks. I mean, still give it a watch. Like I said, let us know what you guys think about it. All right, stick around for some plugs. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast, also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email 
at poolscenepodcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now back to Kevin. All right. We're approaching the landing strip (laughs) where we wrap it all up. I just like saying landing strip, which is something that also is lost. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, this, yeah, this one was interesting because I was. think we actively turned on this movie in the midst of it. In the midst of it, and uh, watch it if you want for the soundtrack <laughs> and the time capsule. If you ever are asking yourself, hmm, I don't remember what 2003 was like. Watch Grind. Yeah. And uh, get that trapped album on, folks. Yeah. And uh, I know that we had announced doing a, an after hours when we did. I don't even remember Last Action Hero. I think. Yeah. I think we're still going to shoot to put one out at some point, mm-hmm. but just bear with us. If we'll we, have an after hours. If, Basically, you know what it is. It's our corrections, and we got something special planned for that episode as yeah. well. Remember, folks, keep sending in your submissions for hashtag Pool 100 Viewer's Choice Episode 9. Folks, it's on the horizon. We are two weeks away Get your film, your pick, on the wheel of eight. We'll roll it live, and you guys will see what we will cover. Hopefully, it'll be a movie we've never seen or go, how the hell are we going to pull this? Because it's entertainment. We want to give back to you, all of you pool sceners out there. We love you guys. We can't thank you enough for all of your support. So, right around the corner, everybody, hashtag pool 100. Silencia! Silencia! You're breaking into my prison.